Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Thrive in EDU podcast. I am Rochelle Denae Post, and thanks for joining in today. I'm really excited because for those of you who've been listening since I started, you know that I don't often have conversations with other people. It started as my own way to reflect and just share ideas. But today I do have a guest and I am excited to get a chance to talk with this guest because I know a lot about him. He has a lot of experience in education. Uh, he has a phenomenal book that we're going to get to chat about, and it's always good to have conversation with somebody else on a podcast. So first, welcome to Dan Wolf. Thank you so much, Rochelle, for having me on the podcast. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, and I, I, you know, we've been following each other for a while, and I've, you know, I've read your book, I've checked out your blog, you've had some guest blogs on my blog, and so it's great to actually have time to sit here and give, you know, spend some time chatting today. And so I know you and the work that you do and you know a little bit about your background but for anybody who doesn't know you would you share a little bit about you know your experience what brought you into education and the multiple roles that you've had as an educator as well sure uh so uh, as you said my name is dan wolf i am currently an assistant principal at sunray elementary in pasco county florida uh this is my 27th year in education um I actually grew up in uh, Germantown, Maryland. I uh, lived there for 18 years and then moved down to Florida to go to college. I went to Flagler College in St. Augustine and uh, eventually was able to uh, land a job right after that, right, um, right above uh, Tampa, Florida. So that's where Pasco County is. And, uh, and I've been a classroom teacher for eight years. I've been an instructional coach a curriculum specialist for the district where we serviced uh, 18 Title I schools, kindergarten through 12th grade. I specialized in mathematics. I've uh, been an assistant principal and just recently uh, completed a preparing new principals program uh, as part of the requirements that we have in our state. So I did that for the past year. So I'm hoping to have a, a principalship uh, soon within the next year or so. And uh, but just learning to continue to grow, you know, as an educator, and I'm a strong proponent of uh, SEL or uh, in education, since we have a million acronyms, social emotional learning. So, yeah, and I, I love the um, the background that you have, because I always find it to be so interesting, all the different I mean, just whatever your role is in education. I mean, I'm a classroom educator, but I also I'm not defined as a coach, but I, I do help others as a coach, but you've really had the experience in all of those different spaces. And so you understand a lot about, you know, like what the challenges are that are faced and, and how to work through some difficult situations. And especially uh, the other thing that when you just said there, the SEL, and you said social emotional learning, I've told this story many times is that probably four, maybe almost five years ago, somebody had asked me, what are you doing in your classroom for SEL? And I said, well, what are you doing? Because when they said it, I didn't know what it was. And right. I didn't want to, you know, you know, it was kind of awkward if I said like, what's that? And they gave <laughs> me a couple of examples. And then I realized like, okay, I am doing some of those things, but I need to figure out what this is. And so of course I went to Google and Googled SEL and I found Castle. And then just from then on, I started to, you know, learn more about it and be more intentional about finding ways to help students in those areas because of the importance. And ironically enough, a lot of the things that I write about and present on since then have been about SEL, but I think, and you probably, this would resonate with you as well too. It's like, it seems like the things that educators don't know a lot about, uh, 
tends to push them into that direction to learn more about it. And then there's that vulnerability piece where you're like, you know what, I, I really didn't know totally what I was doing and I'm reflecting on this and now I'm, I'm challenging myself. And that's like a really good model to set for students is like, realizing we have some goals to set or we have some areas to work on or there's challenges to work through and of course all of that tying into SEL uh, so anyway you know we're going to talk about your book which is on my desk at school on the right side it has been there because that's where I was reading it every day when I had a break in my day for lunch I would open it up and I would read a couple of pages and it's just it the cover's beautiful, first of all, which I've told you, I love that. But the content, the quotes, everything that's inside of that book, I think it's just so essential for educators, especially when, and I'm going to let you talk, especially when there's so many things going on. It's a book that you can pick up and you can just read a little bit at a time and just process that information. And I think finding the time to do that is tough. But the way that you've set this book up and the process that you go through as you read the book, it really does help you to like see the importance of it, but also to build your own skills so that you can help students build theirs. And so with that, I'm going to ask mm -hmm. you, uh, you know, a couple of questions. Like you, you have had a really long experience in education and things clearly have changed. Uh, and, you know, I don't know, actually, I'll ask you this question before my real first question. Did you okay. always know you wanted to be an author or to write? It was something I think that was always in, in in the back of my mind, even in college and things when I would even just, you know, first thought about children's books and things like that. And, you know, um, just um, but it just wasn't always the right time just starting out, you know, uh, you know, being married, having a family and everything that was that that was always the priority. And, you know, uh, the, the book part really came uh, from I started a blog in 2019. Um, and, uh, um, as you mentioned, uh, there's a lot of quotes and different things within the book that I have, and I'm a big fan of quotes because I believe that when we re read a quote, it means something to us at different, uh, parts of our lives. Something that we read 10 years ago means something totally different today based on the experiences we've had. So then that's how the blog got started was just to go ahead and take a quote and write about it, what it means to me around one of the areas of SEL and then ask uh, my readers and everything, what does it mean to you? And uh, so that's that's really what um, uh, got things going. And um, I happened to be part of a um, uh, SEL district committee where we wrote standards kindergarten through 12th grade, because one of, one of my big philosophies is you have to Maslow before you bloom. And, um, and that's just, you know, a lot of those things in my experiences in you know, my 20 plus years in education, is seeing that more and more within our students and um, just having those those directions and just, um, you know, um, we're always, we always focus so much on the academics, but again, if they don't learn to treat each other with kindness and love and, you know, have that empathy, um, it's gonna be a really rough road for them and being able to teach them those skills too. Um, I, I just think it just makes them, we talk about the whole child, and to me, if um, academics is the lock, then SEL is the key to open that lock to all those doors. So um, that's really you know, where things um, really started. Um, and I was actually uh, came across a quote by uh, Michelle Obama that said, um, I've learned that as long as I hold fast to my beliefs and values and follow my own moral compass, then the only expectations I need to live up to are my own. And that just that's where the the blog started, and then the ideas for a book. Um, and I wrote the book during the pandemic. And what better time to write it when you have a lot of 
when you're not zooming with your students or your your faculty uh, um, online and everything, you need need something else to you know divert your focus to from the news and everything. And I said, well, now's the time better than ever to go ahead and write a book. And I said, you know, I never wanted to just you know have, you you try to live with no regrets. And I said, you know, I'm just going to write it. And the writing part was actually the easiest part of it. It was actually trying to be able to have someone take a chance on me, a publisher, because you know you have to have that following and everything. But I wasn't going to give up. I had over probably 50 rejections, and they said you just don't have a much of a following. I said I'm just not going to give up. I said, you know, you know, even though my daughter, you know, she's 22 now, I'm still a role model for her. Like at least I like to think so, and just just to show her that you, you just whatever your dreams are, you just never give up. Yeah, and I love that. And there's so many things that you said there that um, I'm trying to keep a note of like, oh my gosh, I have to say this, or oh, I have to ask you about that. But the, the one thing that really stands out for me is, you know, the quotes, because, you know, that's another thing that we kind of have in common is that with my books, when I first signed, you know, I have a couple of different books and I had signed, and I know the difficulty it is. So like the publishing process is not easy. You know, you can always self-publish, but you know, that comes with it's time consuming and a lot of challenges too, but you know, the not giving up part is important. And so when I had first signed to do the first two books, I was preparing to do a little bit of research. I wanted to pull some quotes and things from other books that I had read. And that's where I came up with the idea for my, my book that ended up coming out first quotes to push our thinking. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like what you did, you know, like you look at the quote and how does it make me to you know, think about things, reflect on things. And then also I, I wanted to see what other people thought about them. And so when you said that, there I'm like oh my goodness like we did like the same thing and then also the blogging you know and this may be the same for you too I, I thought you know I'm gonna blog even though I didn't necessarily know what a blog was I had read so I'm like this is kind of a cool idea but what would I write about you know mm -hmm. and I think people struggle with that sometimes thinking well who would read it or what would I write about and it's like well, even if just one person reads it, it might just be that one person that needs to read it and it makes a difference. And so it's your story and how powerful your story is to share with somebody else. And right. so like you, you know, wrote, did a lot of blog writing and then got into the book, uh, which I don't know, it, it's a, it could be a challenging process to write the books if you're pulling in stories and all of that. And, or, you know, in this case, you want to make sure you, you get, you capture everything that you need for somebody to understand what SEL is and to provide that support along the way and also to push people to do the reflecting. And so uh, I love all of that that you said. And there are a couple other things that you said too in there. I was, I'm sure they'll come back to me, but, you know, so for the book itself, you know, you're doing your blog, which, uh, again, you've had some that I've shared on my blog post as well. And I like them because they, you have a quote and it really, I mean, even if somebody just sees the quote, like that in itself right. is a reminder of like what you have set up on your blog and also within the book. So what, you know, inspired you to write it and you're like, what's the underlying premise of it that led you to the actual title of it too? Well, I, I think uh, a lot of what was going on during the pandemic and um, a lot of things that were in news, you know, thing, what, what had happened with George Floyd, all those kinds of things. It, the nation was, you know, in the beginning of the pandemic was really coming together and then all that happened and it was becoming divided again. And just and I just, you know, and I'm, I just thought of our children, thought of our, you know, our, our teens, things like that. They're seeing all this, they're experiencing all that. They've got certain things that we didn't really have to um, necessarily be concerned with, with like social media, those kinds of things. 
you know, being worried about the number of likes you get or anything else. And then having all those things kind of have an effect on their, their esteem and everything. And I just really, with what I was doing with, within SEL, it just was something that was something that needed to be at the forefront now more than ever. And I said, you know, just putting it into a book and really being able to have that self-reflection and, and not, not just for teens or but it's also for adults and everything of where you are in your life, you know, because we are always changing or we should be, we should always be evolving. And that's, um, where uh, the title, uh, Becoming the Change, Five uh, Essential Elements for Being Your Best Self, um, and the five areas are you know, self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship skills, and responsible decision-making. And when I, um, and I'll refer back to the, the moral compass quote by Michelle Obama, um, that's where it really made the connections for me. I thought of the compass and everything, and at the epicenter is your self-awareness, and then your four cardinal directions are those four other elements. And I said, really like a compass that you would use if you were lost in the woods or whatever, this is the kind of compass, your moral compass that guides you through life. And sometimes it always brings you back to your self-awareness. They're always connected to each other. And the the cover, like you said, is with the, the butterfly. And it's really, when we think of a butterfly, you think of, you know, starts as, off as a caterpillar and it goes to that metamorphosis. Well, that's what we do. And or again, like I said, we should be doing because some some are okay staying stagnant and being where they're at. But for most of us, and especially in education, you know, we're always looking to grow and be the, be our best selves. And then that's where why um, I put becoming the change because we're always heading towards that. We're never going to be at that point where okay, yep, I'm done. You know, that's it. I've done all the changing I can do. It's it's always going to happen. And um, that's where, where it all kind of tied in together. And I wanted it to be where it had like a self-assessment tool where you talked about the vulnerability and, and also authenticity that we all want, whether you're educators or not. And, and, and to be fully transparent, I believe we're all educators. Anything that you do with children, you're making decisions, whether you are a parent, a teacher, instructional assistant, a politician making educational decisions that affect states or nation. I'm, once you dip your toe into the educational waters, you are an educator, whether whether you think you are or not. And that's that's just something that I just wanted to you know um, have that you know we're always growing, we're always learning, and that the self assessment that I put together um, is based on the five elements. And you really have to be vulnerable and ask yourself the questions and honestly answer them. You're not going to be imperfect in all areas. And this is an assessment where you might be strong in one area, let's say self-awareness, but then weak or even weak. I don't even use weakness. I say limitations because really that's what it is. is it's a limitation at this moment. So it could be social awareness. And then that could be something based on that feedback and what you read within my book and everything. You can apply those principles within there and um, take the assessment in six months or a year from now and see where you're at now. And more than likely, you're going to change and it's going to be based on your experiences. And really, when you ask these questions, it's not just relating to education, it's just re relating to yourself as a whole in and out of school, um, whatever job you're in, the business world, whatever, your family, home life, all those, because you want to be your true authentic self in all, um, all areas. Um, no matter what setting you're in, you should be the same person. So, um, so that that's where it all, you know, really got started within there. Yeah, and I, 
you reminded me what the other thing was from before, because when you brought up the quote by Michelle Obama, again, the, the last part of that, and it's something similar that I say to my students, because I mean, going through school, I mean, anything that you do, no matter what area of work you're in, whether you are a student in school or you're a, an educator or anything, you know, you're always learning. There's always challenges that come with learning and there's competition too sometimes. And you're worried about like, how others are doing and how you are doing compared to others. Like, it's just like a natural part of schools. And I hear students often say, well, you know, I'm never going to be as good as, you know, this person, or I'm never going to get this, uh, or, you know, some variation of that. And I'm sure you hear that too. And what I tend to say is I said, you are in competition with nobody but yourself. The only person you have to worry about is you. How are you improving each day? You know, maybe you're not making these gigantic, you know, gains every single day, but as long as you are taking steps and sometimes you're going to have setbacks, you know, but it's about you and focusing on like, what do I need to do? Like, what can I do? Not just for myself, but like when we look at the other areas, you know, like the social awareness and the building of, uh, building of relationships too, like that's important. And then of course, for us as educators, I think it's, it's kind of forgotten sometimes how important it is for us as well to like learn about them, to practice, you know, developing our own and model that for students. And so that was the one thing I wanted to go back to was the, the quote, because the quotes always catch me. But the other reason, and I, I know I've told you this, and I said this earlier and when we started, that I have the book on the desk is just because how symbolic it is. I mean, the butterfly in and of itself, we know what that symbolizes. I'm a huge fan of butterflies. And the other thing that I, I forget that's on there because it, it doesn't really stand out as much and maybe somebody has a different perception, but you have those five core competencies on there in the image of the butterfly mm -hmm. on the front. And I think, you know, I look at it and I'm like, oh wait, they're, they're there. And so for somebody who's looking and just kind of you know, maybe doesn't know, like when I didn't know right away SEL and couldn't name the five core competencies, and, but then I learned somebody can look at those and it's just a focal point, but the one that's at the center is the self-awareness. And right. you, like you said, you have the other four around it. And so I think, you know, anybody having that on the desk, I mean, have two copies, have one at home and one at school, just as a reminder because it, it's a good thing to have nearby. And that's exactly why I keep it on my desk and where I've had it ever since, uh, you know, I got it from you. And so mm -hmm. I, I thank you for that. No, no problem. Thanks. Uh, that's great to hear it though. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I love it. I just, and then even even within it, too, there's a visual of that compass as well. So you've got the butterfly or you've got the compass inside that you mm -hmm. can always go ahead. And even if you have your own compass or whatever, I'm I'm sure that they're kind of a lost art now that you've got everything on your phone and everything else like that. But still, it's just it's that directional piece and just always bringing it back to that because it's really it's within us, mm -hmm. you know, and we never really had names for it until, you know, with Castle and everything coming out with with things. And then even Daniel Goleman with the emotional intelligence and writing his right. book, you know, about 30 years ago uh, within those, those things. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And the, you know, the design of the book too, the way that it's set up, I mean, all the things like you really do, I felt very supported in my learning journey as I was reading through your book, because you have the quotes and those always stop me. Like, it's, I don't even read past it. I see the quote, I'm like, oh, there's a quote. Like, 
read it, you know, what do I think about it? And then I, I dive into, you know, what you've actually written. And then you have the compass checks and there's all these other resources you have that help people to really look at, you know, their personal growth and where they are, but also in that process, learning about SEL and how to put them into practice. I mean, for themselves, of course, and then in the work that we do. And so I, I'm a huge fan of when there's like structure to, you know, the book and it doesn't, it's not so text heavy, where it's like you're saying, like, these are the things that you have to do. You're kind of wrapping everything around, but the end of it comes back to the person reading it. It's like, okay, now here's like your call to action, basically, or here's some things you need to reflect on, and you should do this before moving on to the next piece. And, you know, one thing I'll ask you too, because I know how somebody asked me how I set up my book. I said, well, that was quite the process in some right. cases. But for you, you know, how did you decide? to set it up the way that you did? Like, did you think like, yes, I need to have, you know, re these, these resources or these periods where the reader can stop and reflect on it? Um, you know, what was your thinking in that setup? Yep. Well, um, so really that part was really something that, um, so right off the bat was I wanted, I didn't want the book to be like a traditional book where you could read it cover to cover. I want it to be, and I'm dating myself when I say this, but I, I grew up reading those choose your own adventure books where you'd go ahead and you had a choice, you know, to do this or this, and you go to that page and this is what happened. And, you know, and you could read that book over and over again and really just choose your own path. So I, that's why I wanted to make it a, so it really is like a choose your own adventure book because it is your own life. And so when, after you take the assessment and everything, at the end of each of the chapters, it'll ask you, you know, the, the five questions within there around the, the five elements. And do you need to, if you need to focus on this area, go to this page, if you need to focus on this area. So it could even be you'd already read the chapter on, you know, relationship skills, but let's say I probably need to read it again because of whatever. Then you go back and reread it again, or you jump to the end of the book and you can go to responsible decision-making or go to the beginning of the book and read about uh, self-awareness because it's your own path it's your own life you choose your own adventure and that's going to change each time you take it as well and I, I wanted it to be that way because I, I wanted the reader to be able to really drive it and not really have it be okay I've got to read chapter one to all in order and you can do that too but really you don't have to because they all relate to each other and it's really what the needs we always talk about um, in education differentiating and that's the way I kind of looked at it. I said, well, this is a differentiated book. It's going to be based on what those needs are. And then the compass checks and things, um, I wanted to go ahead and break it up because when you when you get a certain amount of content, your attention span is so, you know, um, it can only go so far. So the, the compass checks break things up a little bit. So, okay. And, it, and it, again, so if you're reading about um, self-management, it's going to be a, a quote and a reflection or something that I've written based on self-management. So it's still on that topic, but then it just, it even a quote kind of diverts you from that. It kind of gives you your own, lack of a better word, like a brain break. Like we, we try to have the kids go ahead and have. Um, and and uh, just having, and then having those reflection questions and then how, how to apply it. Um, I, that, that's really how I wanted the structure to be. It'd be something different than the, a lot of the, you know, the self-improvement books and, you know, and things like that, that, that you see on the shelves. So that, that's, that's, that was the structure. 
And I smiled whenever you first started to answer that question because a couple of reasons. One, I, the Choose Your Own Adventure books I thought were awesome. Even as an adult, I remember going to uh, Barnes & Noble, I think, at one point. And I'm, I always, they say you shouldn't judge a book by its cover or pick a book, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I like to just, you know, I'd go get a coffee and I'd walk along and look at the book covers and like something would stick out and I'd check the back of it. And I remember finding two books as, you know, as an adult, and this is not that long ago, probably 15 years ago. And it, they were set up like that. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. But I, when I set my books up, I didn't intend to do it the way that I did. It just kind of mm -hmm. happened. But like you, I always laugh that I'm like, none of my books, you actually have to read cover to cover. Like I want you to read the whole book, right. but you don't have to, like you can flip through and maybe you see a quote that sticks out depending on which book it is, or you find a topic area. Cause you know, one of my books, it has thrive, which stands for, you know, each letter stands for something. One of them, you know, the V is vulnerability. And mm -hmm. so maybe somebody wants to learn about vulnerability or, you know, tenacity is the T. And so you just flip to that section and you don't feel overwhelmed by like, oh gosh, I can't advance to chapter two because I haven't finished chapter one. Right. You can go through and choose your own learning experience. And so I, I did notice that about your book kind of indirectly, but it's, I love that you say that because it resonates so well with me and I yeah. didn't intend that. I'm like, it just kind of happened. And I think that's a really good way to go about doing it and to let people know that like, Hey, you know what? You don't actually have to, you know, turn, open up a page, random page. Great. Like you're not going to miss anything for the first 130 pages before page 131 right. in my book. You can go back and catch them at another time. And mm -hmm. so, uh, it's yeah, I always like to know how people decide to set up the book. And sometimes you you are kind of bound based on the type of the book it is. But right. I've I've noticed more in these like storytelling books or the books that are focused on, you know, social emotional learning or certain skill sets and things that like you really can set it up like a choose your adventure, which makes sense because in education we almost want students to be able to choose their own adventure in some cases so that they have different experiences that meet their interests and needs and so why why shouldn't it be the same for educators right. when educators experience that they're going to create that for their students mm -hmm. and so it all it all works out very well i think and you know the my kind of theme is, you know, thrive is, is one thing. Like I said, you know, some of the, the letters stand for something. My blog is learning as I go, because I always say, you know, like you mentioned before, you know, we are always learning and improving. There's always something that we can improve. We don't want to be stagnant in our growth. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, I'm making this up as I go. Sometimes I'm learning as I go. I'm always thinking like, oh yeah, I wish I would have known that back then. And so I think, you know, even my students know that like my, my mantra, my mantra, however you right. want to say it, I always joke with that yeah. uh, is like, you know, I'm not perfect. I, I mm -hmm. like to learn. I like to take, take risks. You know, I'm always learning something new and right. I'm never going to stop. And so for you, you know, what is it that, that drives you? Like, what is your, like your theme, your, you know, what are you known for? What's your passionate thing that you say to students and, and colleagues that you work with? Yeah. Well, um, my, the mantra I live by is uh, serve, lead, and inspire. Um, I am under the philosophy of servant leadership. Um, and that's, I, that's attributed to the different roles that I've held that, that I shared earlier, in, you know, when we first started. Um, I think that has helped me become a better administrator a better person because I'm able to look at it through the lens of whoever I'm interacting with because I've held some of those positions or just because I look at 
you know, the positions, you know, there's there's more to it than just what the title is, is what you do behind the title. Um, and and that's something that I made a promise when I first became an administrator is I wanted people to remind me if I forget what it's like to be in the classroom, I need you to call me out on it because I, that's one thing I pride myself in. I'm not perfect that I'll never claim to be that. Um, and uh, just serving others first, because that that to me goes a long way. That's to me what your legacy is, is being able to do that. It's not about what your school grade is or whatever else. And, you know, whatever, you know, it, it's just the impact you've had on people. And, and that's why then the lead comes into it um, and inspiring others to be their best selves. And that's even the kids, whether it's Title I, non-Title I, most of my career has been in Title I. And I, I tell um, I, I, whether I was in the classroom or, um, you know, that I tell, tell my students now as an administrator, uh, if it's to be, it's up to me. Uh, anything in life uh, that you want, you need to go out and get it. Life is not going to put it to you on a silver platter and say, here's everything you've ever wanted. You've got to go out and get it. And no matter what your circumstances are, I said everybody has had hardships, things like that. Um, I, you know, uh, when I was 17, uh, my dad passed away of a heart attack unexpectedly. He was 50. Um, you know, it was a, a senior homecoming week for me, uh, things like that. So it was a lot of, and I still went to homecoming. I wasn't going to disappoint my date and everything else like that. I, because she was like, I, I understand if you don't want to go. I said, no, I'm not going to do I said, that's, this is our senior year. I said, that's not what my dad would have wanted. And, you know, you know, you, you know, um, you're, you're always handed a, a certain you know amount of cards in life and you've got to try to play your hand. And I, I just knew at that aspect, you know, trying to decide colleges, things like that. I needed to, I needed to grow up, up a lot faster than I expected to, you know, and everything, but it's just those kinds of things just, and I, again, like we talked about before, I didn't know what SEL and everything was all about right then and there. Cause it was at its infancy really, you know, during that time. And um, it just, I leaned on those things, not even knowing what they were, the relationship skills, the things I was able to do, high school friends, family, they were there for me to be able and you know, my, you know, my darkest time and be able to come out on the other side and be able to where I am, you know, almost, it actually be 31 years ago this, uh, this week, you know, um, you know, where I am now, I, I never would have expected that. And I still have a long way to go of things that I want to be able to do and, but I believe it's those things in life that you know, those you know cards were dealt with, and showing that we're able to overcome that resiliency and being able to, you know, be that role model for them because they're coming from circumstances that we can't even fathom. And even when I'm working with parents um, and things like that, I never realized when I went to school how privileged of a life I had until I got into the field of education and were able to see those that were less fortunate. It made me appreciate, though I didn't always appreciated my teenage years. I thought I, you know, had the roughest life in the world until I've seen what kids are going through. And, and I took those things for granted. And I tell my mom that to this day, I said, there's things I just didn't, I thought I had it so bad, but I said, I look at what our kids are going through and what our families are going through the struggles. And it just makes me just very blessed that, that I have had the life that I have. And I want to be able to give back to the kids and the families and being able to you know, and that's why whatever circumstances they're going, I, I look at it through their lens and whatever their struggles are and meet them halfway because they also could have had terrible experiences. You know, the parents as a when they went to school, 
And that that stays with somebody for a long time and just really they don't have that trust factor, maybe. And I've got to build those that that trust and being able to know that that we're there for them, that it's an open door policy, anything we can do to kind of help. Um, can, and like I tell the teachers, we can only control what we can control. There are decisions that are being made outside that are affecting education now that we just have to roll with the punches, so to speak. Um, but we'll come out at the other the other side. We will. We're resilient. Uh, we chose this profession for a reason. And uh, as long as we stick together, uh, we can we can accomplish anything. Yeah. And uh, it, it doesn't get easier. That's for sure. People think, oh, you've been in education for, you know, more than 20 years or however right. long. And, and it doesn't. It, it, I, I truly believe it does become more difficult. I mean, when you first start, it's definitely a challenge, you know, getting mm -hmm. in, figuring everything out. Uh, but with every passing year, there are more things that are on our plates as educators, you know, and it's hard. And that's why, again, bring it back to the SEL, like we have to have the skills to to deal through those challenges and to have the resilience because our students need us to be there for them and their families need us to be there for them as well. Right. And we don't always know everybody's experiences, like you said, and their stories and the building relationships. That's why it's so essential to really get to know our colleagues, you know, our students and the families that we're working with because like, that's how we're going to get through anything. And you never know who needs our help because sometimes people don't say that they need the help because it makes them feel vulnerable. But, you know, I'm a huge fan of quotes in vulnerability, there is strength. And uh, it comes from, you know, Teddy Roosevelt quote and Brene Brown had written about it. So one yes. of my favorite ones that uh, I think started off one of my books, but and I think that's a good model to set for students and for anybody that we work with is like, mm -hmm. we are learning as we go, you know, there's things that we're going to face, but we're going to get through this together and we have to keep the conversations going because, it, but finding the time to do that can be tough too. So like building in, you know, quick check-ins and things, uh, those are easy ways to do it. And I think sometimes that SEL is thought of as like this whole big other thing that you have to do. And it causes overwhelm for educators sometimes mm -hmm. thinking like, where am I going to fit this? Uh, but you're, you're already doing it. You just don't right. necessarily, like I was doing it. I didn't realize like, I wasn't like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to work on SEL today. I didn't know. I was just having kids work together. And in that process, they're building relationships. They're also doing learning activities. And I don't have to tell you this, you know about all this, but it's that realization of like some of the things we are doing are great. We just don't necessarily realize they're SEL maybe we just need to, you know, do a little bit more of that. And so that's where your book comes in handy for educators to really go through their own growth process so they can mm -hmm. bring that to their students. And if you're, you know, not a classroom educator, anybody in education, you know, you're working with somebody right. and you're building your skills. And so it's personal and professional growth that's tied into it. So I have loved getting to chat with you today because again, you know, huge fan of your book and your writing, uh, and the way that you set it up and the support you provide for educators. So I thank you for joining. And is there, I always ask guests when I have them, anything else that you would like to share, or if you just want to share, you know, how people can reach you, I, you know, I'll have all the links in the show notes as well, but any, any last words that you'd like to share? Well, um, you know, I, first and foremost, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. This has been okay. great. I've enjoyed the conversations and I hope your listeners, listeners enjoy it as well. Um, one of the things I wanted to even say, just as an administrator, another quote that I, I, I one of my professors has said to me when I was going through my leadership and everything, um, it's a poor frog that doesn't praise its own pond. And I always remember to be grateful to everybody and no matter who it is, no matter. And again, remember I said earlier, the position part doesn't matter to me, whether, you know, 
teacher instructional if, uh, assistants, um, uh, front office staff, food and nutrition, custodial staff, whatever, I, letting them know how much they're appreciated. It goes so far. So, let, I mean, it, it takes, you know, you know, not even a minute to go ahead and do that, just to say something, ask how they're doing, check-ins, things like that. Because we get so caught up in the, the hustle of everyday life that we, we need to take those moments to just check in on people to see how they're doing. And that's including the kids as well. Um, as far as um, different, uh, some of the different handles. Um, so uh, with Twitter, um, and I know now it's X, but I don't know. It's still called Twitter as far as I know. So um, that's at, at serve, lead, and inspire. Um, it just doesn't have the E at the end of serve. It's not that I can't spell. I'm just limited on characters. So I always tell people that. And then um, Instagram is serve, lead, and inspire always. And then I'm also on LinkedIn and Facebook, just as uh, Dan Wolf and everything. Um, and uh, I, uh, the book is on Amazon uh, for Becoming the Change, uh, Five Essential Elements to Being Your Best Self. And I have some other books in, in the docket that I'm trying to go ahead, whether the SEL related and then just even things uh, within education itself. Um, you know, just because there's a lot of things that are going on education that I think you know, uh, just need to be uh, written about and just uh, to continue because at the end of the day, it's what we're doing for our children. So we just have to remember that. Yeah, well, that is awesome and exciting news. So I will look forward to your next book and or books that will be coming up and I'll have to make more room on my desk, I'm sure. Because <laughs> I keep, you know, I have some here that I keep uh, in my office and then I have some at school that I keep that are references and just reminders for me and ones that I'm reading because I like to read like three books at the same time because different spaces. But again, thank you for joining me today. It's been great chatting. Uh, I'll be sure to share all of that information in the show notes so that everybody can connect with you, check out your book, get a copy for their desk. And, uh, you know, I appreciate your time. So have a, thank you. yeah, of course, have a great rest of your day. And to everybody listening, please subscribe to the podcast. Also check out my blog, www.rdene915. And you can get my newsletter, which I just started recently. I will not spam you. It's just twice a month. And I like to share what other people are doing, events for educators. So if you are listening, you're like, I have a blog. I have an event coming up. Send it my way. I'll put it in my newsletter because we want to make sure other educators know about it. So thanks for listening and we will catch you the next time.